Welcome to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. Joe, hang out with me because we're on the king pillar today. And so, I, I mean, on the warrior pillar today. Come on, somebody. Want to wage a little war against the enemy of your soul? Are there any men in the house today? Found one. Any other men in the house today? Now, ladies, you want a man who's a warrior. Yes, you do. You want a man who's a warrior who's made a decision that he is going to walk as a mighty man of God. He will be a man who will walk with the king pillar in his heart, the warrior pillar in his heart, the mentor pillar in his heart, and the friend pillar in his heart. The four pillars of a man's heart, king, warrior, mentor, friend. The best marriages and the best families are founded upon those four pillars in a man's heart. Some men uh, do not understand the power of their position. In fact, sometimes we've seen where men have capitulated to the woman because she's more emotional. She can pray the stronger prayers. Don't do it, gentlemen. And ladies, don't let him throw that one over on you. Maintain your position. Every man is called to be a warrior when it comes to prayer. Just like every woman has her position. Every woman has a warring, praying uh, a heart. She can pray for her babies. And when I would hear my mom pray for her sons, we didn't have a chance against the will of God. Can I get a witness from one of my mother's other sons? Ah, right up there. So when mom would pray, we knew God was going to move on her behalf. Why? Because she understood the word of God. But I got to tell you something about my dad. When my dad would pray, I knew I was hearing the heart of my heavenly father through his heart as he prayed. And my father was in the military. He understood the components of being a soldier. He was in the army. And he was one of those men who, when he was commanding his men, he was a drill instructor. Now, anybody here know what I mean when I say drill instructor? That's the man you have to forgive. <laughs> my dad, believe, our dad believed that if he was going to ask a man to do push-ups, he'd get down and do the push-ups with him. If he was asking any of his men to run, he was running with them. I don't know if all your drill instructors did that for you, but my dad was that kind of guy. Our dad was that kind of guy who believed that if he was going to train a warrior, he wanted the warrior to see what a warrior looked like. He lived the warrior in front of the one he was wanting to become a warrior. And I can say that it's a pleasure to announce that all of our father's sons are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness? And there's not one of our father's sons, sons or daughters, that are not also saved and sanctified, filled with the Word of God and the Holy Ghost as well. Because a legacy, I wish I had a witness today, legacy goes a long, long ways. you got to stake your claim and drive a stake in the ground. Sometimes, ladies, that's through a temple before it gets to the ground. But gentlemen, I just want to remind you, you're called to be warriors. In the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 11, this is what I found in the Word of God. Now I saw heaven open, 
and behold a white horse. And he who sat on that horse was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. So for all you peacekeepers, sometimes peace is kept because war is waged. Now, if I put on my good preaching voice, I can get through this message today. Let's see what time it is. We're going to get halfway through it today. I need to ask, is there any brave hearts in this room today? Are there any men who are willing to be called a brave heart? Are there any men that are willing to be a brave heart that's untainted? Because I know some men who've been brave at heart, but their heart is tainted. And wherever a brave heart is tainted, there's always the tendency to turn and go off in a direction other than that which was set by the master craftsman of our life. God has a compass for us, and he wants that compass to be observed and walk it out. I was just in the Pacific Northwest, and it just kind of made me stick my chest out a little bit and my shoulders back. I was looking across my son's porch and uh, through his front yard, and right over the yonder was Mount St. Helens, a mountain that blew its top, ladies and gentlemen, lost a thousand foot of, of its height. They tell me that right there from where my son's house is, that none of the sound wave actually came that direction. It all shot uh, towards the east, towards the Yakima and the Yakima Valley. In fact, when the, the plume of all the ashes was going up, very little came down right there in that area. It was a directed explosion and massive destruction. As you know, there was dust that came all the way across the United States. I found it interesting that I could stand in a spot where people were working in their fields and their yards and never heard the sound of the explosion. It wasn't until it started to seem a little darker in the middle of the day that they turned to look and see that the mountain had literally blown away and there was ash as high as it was. Gentlemen, when you are called to be a brave heart like you and I are called to be, if there's a tainting, it's possible we don't even see the the potential destruction at hand. I'm asking us to be brave hearts that are not tainted. There's a warrior in every man. Sometimes that warrior is righteous and sometimes it's just honorary. Can I have a witness? One time my dad was driving when the family was in the car and there was a guy and he was being honorary and he was young and dumb and, and he threw my dad some, some signs. They weren't gang signs, uh, and, and the signs that he sent were inappropriate. My father felt for my mother to have to witness from such stupidity. And so uh, my dad, when he got to the next light, the guy was directly in front of him. My dad opened up the car door and he walked towards the front. And it's not the John Wayne walk, it's the Dan Wormuth walk. And that walk was a walk of, we're going to say something to you now. <laughs> and he got there and he knocked on the window and the guy looked at him. And my dad said it was the look of, I'm going to try to act tough, but I'm really wetting my pants already. And the guy goes, what? Through the window. <laughs> How bold you are to be throwing signs that were not very lovely and cutting my father off when he's got his family in the car. And my dad is a brave heart. And all he wanted to do was say something to the guy. And finally, he just kept tapping and he was like this, roll the window down. And the guy finally rolls the window down and he's trying to really be strong. And my dad just said, I hope you have a good day. 
The guy looked at him so weird like, you're not going to throw a punch, we're not going to fight here. What he did not know is that one punch from my father, who stood about as tall as Joe does, he, he wasn't a behemoth of a man, but one punch would have had the force of Mount St. Helens when it blew its top, I'm telling you. Uh, how do you know? I don't have time to tell you those stories, nor do I have enough fingers and toes on my hands to show you how spankings were helpful in those days he got none it's obvious he's short I got lots of them and they helped me get the height that I have today that's our story for me and Mike and we're sticking to it shorty warriors yes the brave heart in every man could easily be tainted and God is saying to us don't let your heart get tainted our world needs brave hearts that are untainted the warrior pillar must never be allowed to lean to the left or the right, to overstrength or understrength. The warriors face off. Evil is in the world today. There are people who are just, there are people who are mad because they get a ticket. They, they're ready to fight the policeman who is saying, slow down for your own sake or the sake of the babies in your back seat here. You're not being a warrior when you want to cuss the policeman out because he said you were going 20 over. Well, I'm trying to make the movie. I don't want my kids to yell at me. Don't be a brave heart that's tainted. Man up and get out the house early enough so your children are safe on the way to go see that new, brand new kids show that's out there. Warriors, they protect their families even at the cost of their own lives. There's a lot of men who don't do that today. It's hard to use the word men, man. But there are those of that persuasion of gender who are not willing to protect their families. But God is still looking for men who will protect their families, even willing to lay down their lives, just like the brave heart Jesus Christ. Jesus is the ultimate warrior. Described in our text, it says this, that his judgment, he who sat on this horse, is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. There is a time when there has to be war. There is a time when there needs to be a fight. There is a time when injustice and unrighteousness needs to be suppressed. There's a time when a man needs to be dethroned from his position of authority because he's hurting and killing innocent men and women or allowing those under him to do so. You can yell and scream that you don't like war because your son's life or your daughter's life might have to be vested in the process of executing righteous, truthful judgment. But there is a time for war according to Ecclesiastes. Jesus is this ultimate warrior, and he is the one who is called the son of David. And I like the fact that he's called the son of David because it means David, who was a man of war, David, who waged some very successful wars, David, as a young man, took out an enemy that had crippled emotionally and mentally more men in Israel than any other enemy had. One, one uncovenanted, uncircumcised Philistine had threatened and shut down the entirety of what we would call testosterone in Israel. But a young man, my God, I'm feeling it today, who had already learned how to wage a war on the backside of a desert. A young man who had already fought off the bears and the lions. A young man who already knew who his God is. Do you know your God? Do you know who God is? Do you know him? 
Well, David is that kind of man. David had developed a warrior heart. Alone with his Lord facing the beast in the wilderness, hand-to-hand combat, David had a heart of a lion. And on one occasion, he literally took, takes the heart out of a lion by killing the lion and, and destroys a bear who's trying to go away with some property that's not even his own. I know some men who will fight over their own property, but not a lot of men will fight and defend another man's property. Not a lot of men are willing to be invested in what belongs to someone else. That's why when I see a picture of a man diving into water where someone's at risk and about to die, knowing that their own babies and their own wife is at home and they're putting their own life on the line because they understand that there's an opportunity to save a life and so they take the risk. I pray for those men and women, rescue and service people and our firemen and our policemen, that our, our military, every, every branch of military, God, keep them safe. Let them walk out that, that assignment and that anointing you put on their life with an ability to do what's in their heart to do, and that's protect. David was a warrior, just pure and simple. He fought the lion who had taken the lamb. David You got to love this about David. He shouldered his responsibility as a man and he risked his life for his father's sheep. As a shepherd, as a pastor, and every minister that's here in this room today, I honor you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many times you've risked your life, your peace of mind, you've risked position, you've risked many things in order to deliver the lamb from the mouth of the destroyer, the enemy who has tried to destroy a man's life. You just got to follow in the footsteps of David, the son of David, Jesus Christ. Think about other biblical heroes. There are a lot of them who have uh, have a, just a heart of a warrior. How about Abraham? Can somebody say yes and amen to Abraham? The Bible says that him and 318 of his men took off after those who had snatched his nephew and taken his nephew and his nephew's wife and his children and gone off. These four kings had literally taken these, this whole city of Sodom and Gomorrah and all the people captive. And Abraham, when he got word of it, my God, I'm going to feel this one. I want to ask you right now today, do not relegate yourself to the sideline because you think you reached the age of AARP. I burned and threw away my AARP that came in the mail. Would not let them have a dime of my dollar. And the reason why is them liberal-leaning, demonically Nazi-inspired. God, help me, Jesus. I wouldn't have no part of it. They ain't getting my money. They don't represent me and the values of Christ. I'll tell you what, I'll pay $2 more for something to let them have my money and do things. They, I ain't got time right now to talk about the AARP, but I just felt a witness to tell you, investigate. Look at your neighbor and say, investigate. Now look at your neighbor and say, never say I'm too old. You, won't, you just don't understand. Ah, I'm not going to get through this message today because Abraham has done inspired me again. Abraham gets word that his nephew has been taken prisoner. You know what? The best day of Sodom and Gomorrah's life was the day that Lot was in trouble. Because when Lot was in trouble, Abraham was on a mission. He rose up and said, boys, we're going to go take care of business. They have done taking our kinfolk. And now we need to go show them what a whooping is all about. The Bible says that Abram and his 318 men overtook those kings and they 
defeated them, I want to ask you today, how old do you think you have to be to quit fighting battles and rescuing people from the enemy? Because Abraham fought a battle and he in 318 fought off thousands of enemy and rescued thousands of people from these two wicked cities. Please don't say today they're not worth being saved. That stupid nephew ran off and he got himself into a sinful situation. Shame on him nay come on somebody help me say nay when you're when you know you have been in covenant with somebody just gird up your loins and say it's time to i'm gonna say open up a can of green beans there you go just in case you're wondering what kind of a can it is spinach there you go, Popeye, the sailor man. I'm looking for warriors today. I love the fact that Abraham was one of those men who just said, we're going to go take care of business. Can I get an amen? How about Joshua? He led these green troops. They were not hardened warriors. Green troops against the walled city populated by giants. How about Caleb at 85? Said, I tell you what, Joshua, I'll help you drive out the enemy in all the land that Jehovah has promised to us. But when I'm done helping everybody else get their prosperity, get their promise, I want that mountain over there. So Caleb fought for everybody else's blessing. And then him and his boys went to the mountain and said, now let's go take what belongs to us. Are there any 85-year-olds in this house ready to throw down? I want you to know the moment you hit your knee and you cry out on the name of the Lord, the strength of Caleb in the realm of the Spirit will strengthen you for battles that need to be fought. There are folk in this house today that need to learn how to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Jesus, help a preacher get through this thing. Nehemiah sent his men out to rebuild Jerusalem. It was a shattered and broken down walled city. And the enemy just keeps threatening. We're going to come wipe you out. Nehemiah said, boys, on this one, we're going to have to do double duty. One hand, you hold on to your, tr- your tools for building, your trowels. And with the other hand, you have to hold on to your, your sword or the bow. And so you're going to have to have one eye on the field where the enemy might come and one eye on your job. You know, that's not fun when you're trying to rebuild a wall. And then to be accused, even if the foxes were to come and run against the wall, it would fall down. I'm going to tell you right there, that's just enough for me to sick somebody on you. Did you hear me? Threatening that the wall come down if the foxes run across it. But Nehemiah kept them focused on this, on this very important job. Build and watch. Build and watch. When you and I are doing the watch and pray as part of watching, we have to also build. Don't sit down. Don't get in a, in a place of shade, but engage the promise. Build the wall. Bring security to your family. Can I get an amen? Not to mention Samson who killed more men in his death than the, during the, his entire lifetime. Or how about Gideon and his 300 men? How about Elijah on Mount Carmel? Woo! 
Abendamount Carmel, I look down to the to the brook right there where after Elijah won this battle, they ran down there and killed all them prophets of Baal. Ladies and gentlemen, God is still looking for a brave heart. Men of God, he's looking for men who will say whatever the age, I'm taking my promise all the way to the bank. It's a check I can cash. God will always make good. There's lions out there that are roaring. There are those who seek to still kill and destroy what belongs to you, the promise God's given you. But when you call on the name of the Lord your God, when you say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me and show me a righteous cause. God's not looking for mercenaries in the realm of the kingdom. He's looking for men who walk in mercy and justice and know how to execute justice and wage war. Teach my hands to war, scripture tells us. Some kind of warrior he was. Think about it for a minute. David, my God, the background that he had. He didn't come from the most affluent family. He certainly didn't come from a warring class of people. But God gave David a heart to protect that which belonged to even his father. Took care of the sheep. Could you just close your eyes for just a minute? I won't throw nothing at you. Just th close your eyes for just a second. Think about it. There's David on the hillside of Judea. Can you see him? He's got red hair and he's good looking. He doesn't look like all the rest of the brothers. Doesn't quite know why, but it don't matter. He's got a, he's got a stem of grass. He's chewing on it, tossing rocks, rolling boulders off cliffs just for the fun of it, picking out shapes in the clouds, wandering up these nameless ravines, exploring caves, counting the stars at night, strumming his guitar called a harp. <laughs> and oh yeah, wrestling an occasional bear and choking a mountain lion out. <laughs> David, just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Come on, somebody. You know, shepherds are a lot like fighter pilots. You can open your eyes. Weeks of sheer boredom, punctuated by moments of great terror to try to fight off the enemy. That's just how it goes sometimes. You know, as far as shepherds go, a guy could go crazy with no one to talk to. But David, he was never alone. He always had someone he was talking to. He was talking to the Lord. He strummed his guitar, his harp, and sang songs and wrote them for an audience of one, the creator of the universe. Plucking those strings, humming his songs, new songs composed, sonnets in the middle of the night and the early part of the day, dewy mornings, stormy winds, untainted passion, all for the Lord's ears to hear David, a man's man. Man, can I get a witness? I'm wondering if there are any man's mans here today. Anybody who's willing to be a singer. You're not going to find yourself a man's man singing, there's a tear in my beer. <laughs> if your song is, all my exes live in Texas, you're not going to find yourself a man's man. Did you hear what I said? If you can't root for the Cowboys, there might not be any hope for you. 
Just thought I'd throw that in there. I don't know. I might have gone to meddling on that one. I don't care. We believe in miracles and we're looking for one. (laughs) There comes a day. It all started with a simple errand. This boy, David, his father has said, I want you to run these cheese sandwiches. (laughs) Okay, it was bread and it was cheese and take them to your brothers. But cheese sandwiches, they weren't grilled cheese. French hadn't gotten around yet to doing that. I want you to run these, take this lunch up to your brothers. They're serving in the military. But it wasn't a good time for Israel's army. We talked about that. Morale was low. Equipment was subpar. Can I hear an amen? Scripture tells us there wasn't even a working smelt factory to produce swords and spears in the whole of the country. Saul did not have a top-notch warring class of men to fight. What he did have was a bunch of men who knew how to hide behind the rocks when the cusshead come out cussing the God of Israel. An unknown shepherd didn't know that the king of Israel and all his armies were were mediocre at very best. He had no idea why they were hiding. All he knew was that when he got to the valley of Elah, number one, David who loved God, and number two, he knows God had a heart and plan for his people, heard somebody cussing and using the name of the Lord God of Israel in vain. And on the inward parts of him, the man's man that he is and was rose up. And when he began to speak against what was being said, his own brothers mocked him. Somebody who should have been out fighting the battle actually ushered him in to see the king, hoping that maybe this boy could be a distraction while they ran. Look at your neighbor and say, ran. But God had a plan for David. Where? Where is the God of Israel? He was beating in the heart of a young man. This Philistine blustered and swaggered with his foul mouth. David, David is in a tent talking to a king who should have been walking with a brave heart. I'm trying to preach today. I said, I'm trying to preach today. God had anointed Saul and Saul had disregarded the full anointing, strength and power and authority that God Jehovah had given him. Saul stood head and shoulders over everybody else. Even that was attributed to him as causing people to respect him. He appeared to be a man of strength and boldness, but he weren't. So there he is, camped out in his tent with all his royal servants, taking care of his bidding and wondering what we're going to do. And there's Goliath saying, send me your champion. Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free. Free.